T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. One hour from now, we'll talk to Ben Brown for Pro Football Focus on the Eagles, the uh, path and possibility of an undefeated season, and how much do we worry about this run defense and this uh, this tackling issue they have where they're getting beat. Uh, I mean, Damian Pierce ran right through them, and it's, it seems like week after week they're not stopping the run at even a decent level. How big of a deal is it? And and really, Jalen Hurts as the MVP of the league right now. It's it's not just a crazy thing. It's, it's actually quite possible. Jalen Hurts right there with Patrick Mahomes, right there with Josh Allen, who has some sort of an injury we'll find out more about. So the possibility of Hurts winning the MVP of the league. We'll talk to Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, one hour from right now. Um, and we're going to talk to all you guys. 215-592-9494 on where the emotion is right now a couple days later. I'm more in the camp of, of pride for the team, what they accomplished. Um, really an un- incredible run. And I don't believe they were the better team in the World Series. I, I think if you walk away, you feel like you're the better team, it's worse. And not that a loss is good either way, especially when it went to six. I mean, if they got swept... It's it's like oh man they weren't even on the field with them they they were they had a chance Astros to win. hadn't lost until they played the Phillies right the, the Phillies had a chance to win the World Series but I don't walk away saying they should have won the World Series I, they were fighting an uphill battle despite being up to one that's how good the Astros were and man when you get shut down to the level they did you know end of game three to game four to game five to game six that's not fluky I don't think they choked I just think the Astros pitching was historically good and it got them at the end. And I do believe too much blame is being levied upon Rob Thompson. 215-592-9494. When you call in, give us your favorite moment. Other than the Harper home run, it's everyone's favorite moment. Game five against the Padres. Other than that, your favorite moment, and we'll play some of the best ones for you. But, Tucker, we have we have short stops to talk about because the Phillies are likely going to bid on these guys. Uh, or at least one, if not more than one, to try to land one. It, it just it makes sense when you think about their their roster right now that they would try to upgrade the team would have one meaningful player this offseason. They have about $60 million coming off the books. Segura, they declined the option of $17 million. They have money to spend to add another star player in here. And shortstop feels like the most likely area. Bryce's stock could easily go play second base. 
and you could add a, sh- a star shortstop in. So there's four big ones. There's four big ones that I think will all generate at least $20 million per season, maybe two of them, over $30 million per season on the open market. Here's how I'd rank them. Number one, I'd have Trey Turner atop the list. I think Trey Turner's the, the best player, the best fit. Um, he brings something to the table that they don't have, which is speed. He's a good defensive player. And his hitting ability, I mean, he's a, he's a batting title kind of guy. I mean, 315, I mean, 320. I mean, he can hit at a really high level, and he's played at a high level for a while now. It's not just like you know, he didn't have just have a career year. This guy's been a really good player for a long time. Trey Turner is my number one guy, and I think he fit perfectly in that two spot in between Schwarber and Harper because I do think ultimately that they're going to keep Schwarber and Harper one and three or whatever. Like If you put him at two and you drop, assuming they keep Reese Hoskins, you drop Reese down the lineup a little bit to, more towards the middle, that would make the lineup. Like Imagine if they went Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Real Muto, Hoskins. Like that makes the lineup just better and deeper. So Trey Turner's my number one. Number two, I'd have Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is really, really good. He left the Astros, went to the Twins, uh, signed a three year deal with an opt out. Obviously, he's opting out. And he had another excellent year. All he's done when healthy, and that is the only caveat with him is health. He's had back issues in the past, pretty healthy this year, though. The thing I like about him is he's the youngest, 28 years old. He's probably the best defensive player, and I could see when he ages off a shortstop, him being a really excellent third baseman as well. I, I think he'll age well defensively because he can go to third when because he, he has a great arm when he's not playing short anymore. Big-time hitter. You can hit him anywhere. You, you convince me he's the four-hitter to protect Bryce Harper. He's the three-hitter in front of Harper. He's the two. I mean, whatever. He, he could go anywhere near the top. Correa would be my number two, and he's won a lot, obviously, with those Astros teams. So Turner one, Correa two. I go Xander Bogarts three, maybe the best pure hitter, like singles, doubles, a ton of extra base hits. Uh, I don't think he's a great defensive shortstop, but could probably go to second or third if he needs to down the line. And Dabrowski had him in Boston. And he's probably the most consistent of these players. Like every year, it's like 290, 300, 290, 300, 30 doubles, 40 doubles. Really good player. Dabrowski had him in Boston. I wouldn't be surprised he wants to bring him here. But he's a little older. He's 30 already compared to those other guys, 29, 28. Bogart's 30. And then I go Dansby Swanson fourth. And it's not a knock on Swanson. He's good. I respect him, what he's become with the Braves. I just think he's a little bit below these other guys. Like, it feels like Turner, Correa, and Bogarts are stars. You know, they, they're, like, on the cusp of superstar. And Dansby's really good. Like, and he could be an all-star. But I put him fourth. So I go Turner, Correa, Bogarts, Swanson. Tucker, what do you think? I think I would agree with that list. And it's interesting because they all have different fits. And I think depending on if they get one or if – they, they strike out, it really sets the tone for what they do the, the rest of the offseason, right? If you get someone like Carlos Correa, who probably has the most power uh, yep. of that group, yep. he, he gets you know, 20, 25 home runs a year. If you're getting 20, 25 home runs a year from your shortstop, you can get away having Alec Bohm play first base, right? right? Like you're, you're getting power at a, a power-shortened position. You can get away having a first baseman that only hits 15 or 20 home runs max. And if, if you get someone like Trey Turner... That affects your defense a lot differently. I, I just, I, I agree. I think Trey Turner is probably the best fit, the best option. But I also look at what Xander Bogarts has done and just his consistency and very consistent. Isn't that something this team's missed offensively? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that's just been built around streaky hitters and really has been since Bryce Harper got here, since Reese Hoskins got here. I mean, I want a guy like Xander Bogarts who's had an OPS plus over 130 like each of the last five years. Give me him, put him you know, one or two in the lineup, and you know every day he's going to put together consistent at-bats. He's going to hit 40 doubles a year, and he's going to be somebody that you can count on on a day-in, day-out basis, which you can't really say for most of the other guys in that lineup. No, yeah, Bogarts is probably the most consistent hitter. I mean, he's hit 300 or better in four, three of the last five years, and the times he didn't was 295 and 288. Like, the guy's really good. Had a three the um when he first got to Boston in twenty fifteen, like his first real or second full year at three twenty. He's a really good hitter. Um I, I I would not be upset at any of these guys. Like any of them would make this team a lot better. We've seen Swanson as a winner and a really good player, good defense player with the Braves. Turner one for me, Correa two, Bogarts three, uh Swanson four. If I would say there's a, a gap between any of the levels, I would say there's probably a gap after one, two, three, then Swanson's like a different level. I think he's good, but these other guys are are really good, and I think there's a really good chance they land one of these guys. I I, I think they're going to go after them. It just feels like a perfect storm, doesn't it? They they have money to spend once again because of the the financial situation they've put themselves in, and there's a lot of shortstops available. And, and you look at this team and where they've spent. They haven't spent at shortstop yet, and if you want to improve this defense up the middle, adding someone like Trey Turner or, or Carlos Correa or even Sander Bogarts, I think would be an upgrade over what they've been trotting out at shortstop. That would be huge for this team. This is a team that, that's really been weak defensively up the middle, and if you add one of these guys and you have Brandon Marsh in center field for the entire season, that could become a strength for this team. It could be. Yeah, 215-592-9494 gets you aboard. Frustration or pride? What are you feeling 72 or so hours after the Phillies lose the World Series to the Astros? What's the strongest feeling right now? And give us your favorite moment here of the postseason other than the Harper home run. We'll play it for you. When you call in, Brian is in Norristown. Hey, Brian. Joe Gilio, how are you guys? Good, Brian. What's up, buddy? Well, first of all, Rob Thompson had a one hell of a year, and I, he's a very good coach. But there was several mistakes in his uh, evaluation on the team. Which like, Number, which ones? What are you thinking? Well, first of all, Wheeler should have been left in there, only giving up one hit. He should have been. He should have finished up the inning. That that that, that should have. That was a mistake on his behalf. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it went it went bad, Brian. Uh, certainly, it turned out to be a disaster for him. But I, I don't look at it. That's the reason why they lost the World Series. I, I mean, that they only scored one run in the game. That that's that strikes me more. But I'll tell you what, my main one that will that'll come third. Number two, Harper should have been in the three hole. Uh, Wilson should have been taken out of the three, put yeah. him at four. But my number one move, or my number one mistake, I believe he made is. The right fielder's name, which I'm drawing a blank now. Castellanos. Just, Castellanos. Castellanos. He should have never been in the five hole. None whatsoever. Did nothing all year. Why he was in the five hole? You could have brought one of the kids up from the bottom of the uh, 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 bottoms uh, of the team and put. He should have been lower down. I don't know why he stayed in the five hole from week one of the playoffs and did absolutely nothing. He made several catches. You know, some big catches shouldn't have been bad at fifth. Oh, Brian, that well, you know what? Here's what he did. He st- that lineup he kept it the same, right? The top six he had the same every single playoff game. You know, and he didn't want to change it, and he wanted to stick with his guys. But Castellanos was awful. I mean, he was absolutely awful for them. 
But you, would you have kept him in the five hole? No, I no. I, I would have put Bohm up there. I would have moved Bohm up. Uh, exactly. Now, my favorite uh, moment, which is it's, it's got to be the best one I, I've seen this year, and that is Kyle Schober's 488 yard bomb. Uh, Brian, that is a great one. The Schwarber home run against the Padres, the U off of you Darvish. He hit that ball to the moon. Brian, we appreciate the phone call. That home run that Schwarber hit against the Padres, yeah, that was the the Padre home run he hit in game one out there, the game that Wheeler pitched that they won. That was an absolute moonshot. Let's listen to that one. Schwarber against Darvish. Darvish kicks and deals. Swung on it. Hit. Wow. Deep to right field. Titanic shot into the second deck. Wow. The Phillies take a 2-0 lead. Kyle Schwarber signals to the bullpen as he gets to second base. That was as long a home run as you're going to see here at Petco Park. Well, it's as long as a home run you're going to see anywhere, T-Mac. I mean, 488 was a monster shot, and that wasn't against some bad pitch. That's against you, Darvish. Yes, that was a big-time home run by Kyle Schwarber. How many home runs did Schwarber have this postseason? He started off, I think, like one for 20 in the postseason. But by the end, Kyle Schwarber had himself a lot of home runs. I mean, yeah, I mean that really broke out for him, right? Because he was yeah. terrible in, in the wild card and in the, the NLDS against, against Atlanta. I'm trying to look now. I mean, he, we know he hit the home run in game four, uh, game five against Verlander. So he finished with six home runs, in the three in the season. NLCS, three in the World Series. Wow. Um, you know what's kind of interesting about Kyle Schwarber? Because uh, I was thinking before the series about the players and or, and or coaches, managers in the World Series that would eventually be in the Hall of Fame. And you can kind of reel off like Verlander, um, Dusty Baker is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Bryce Harper is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I thought about Kyle Schwarber. I don't know if he'll ever have overwhelming numbers. I'm not sure how long he'll play. He'll probably get 400-ish home runs based on the 200-ish he has now. And, you know, his numbers won't be great. He won't have a great war because, he does, you know, he only does hit home runs. But I do wonder if he's going to be a unique Hall of Fame case. You know, he already has 15 career postseason home runs. Let's say the Phillies have another run or two with him. I don't, they don't have to win the World Series, but maybe they do. Like, if he wins another World Series in a different spot and he ends with, like, 25 postseason home runs, he's he's going to go down as, like, one of the all-time big-game players ever. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because he's someone who is relatively famous for what he did with the Cubs right. and, and that whole run and, and obviously what he did in June with the Nationals last year. But you could argue this was his best season regular season-wise. Mm-hmm. He hit 46 home runs. It's the first time he's ever led the National League in any statistical category in, in his entire career. But you mentioned it. What he's done in October, time in and time out, it it, it, it makes for a very intriguing case because I, I think people think of him – at a, at a much higher level than probably what his actual production is. Yeah, he's famous, and he, he's, he's a winner, right? And if, so if he wins another world champion, if they win and he's a big part of it, I think he's going to have a weird case for the Hall of Fame one day, especially if he's got like 25 career playoff home runs. Rick is in Malvern. Hey, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Um, three quick topics. First of all, Schwarber, you know, I just think he's, his batting average is going to be so low. I don't see him making the Hall of Fame. Of course, that's easy to say. The fun thing is that it, that it's possible, I guess. Um, but why does he bat first? Because he's their best option to hit first. Who's a better option to hit first? Well, someone who hits better than two twelve and gets on base more. I mean, 90, uh, 92 RBIs with, what, 40, 
two homers or whatever it was. Right, but who is that, He's Rick? Little... Rick, the, I mean, who hits yeah. who hits better? Like, who's the like? We could say Bryce Harper's better, but they're not going to hit Harper first. Like, I, I don't know who their best no. option is besides Kyle Schwarber. Well, the Yankees hit Judge first, right? You know, so yeah. I mean, the, possible, I, but... they could do the Harper thing. It's not crazy, but yeah. other than Harper, they're all kind of flawed options. I mean, that's that's part yeah. of the issue here. That's true. So maybe uh, all right. So then, um, two other quick things. One is the Phillies. To me, obviously, we were all disappointed, and everybody, you know, we're from Philly, so we're annoyed that they struck out so much and did so poorly the last few games and everything else. But at the end, when you step back and look back. You know, Houston is just, is definitely a better team. Their pitching was unbelievable, and uh, they're just better right now. So let's just you know improve the team. I love your uh, shortstop ideas, and I think we'll be a lot better. And I think we got a championship on the horizon for sure. Yeah, Rick, I, but, they they certainly have yeah. a they certainly have a run in them. Hopefully, of another couple years of being a good team here. So the last thing I wanted to get your opinion on. So I was talking about this with my sons. So you know, you're watching a game like. The, the game, you know, game six, where he pulled Wheeler. And it's all analytics and spin rate and all kinds of crazy things. But what did what do you think the Astros wanted him to do at that point? Do you think they wanted to bring in the bullpen? Or do you think they wanted to um, continue to face, you know, Wheeler? And I think they were thrilled that we went to the bullpen. Um, when it's fourth and two from the two-yard line, I think most teams – hope that the other team kicks a field goal rather than the risk of them going for it. So I don't know if these, you know, I think that they, that a manager, I think, I think they need to think about that. Like what are the, you know, what does the other team wish that he would do? And I know that I think Houston in a million years, they definitely wanted them to pull Wheeler. They couldn't hit him. Yeah. So he hit a guy yeah. and he gave up a hit, you yeah. know? Rick, I think you're probably right on that. And if I am Rick, appreciate the phone call. If I had a guess, I would guess that the Astros felt the way Rick thought. Like they wished Wheeler, they were happy Wheeler came out of the game. But that, they'll put it that way. They, they didn't want to see him anymore. And they were actually more excited to see Alvarado, even though Alvarado, for the most part, has been, you know, an upper echelon reliever since June, right? He's been really good for the Phillies. They were probably happy. I, I just go back to this. There's a hundred little things that go into this. We could say analytics, lefty on lefty, spin rate, all these kind of things, you know, launch angle, velocity. I believe that decision by Rob Thompson was a symptom of the Phillies not hitting anymore. Because at that, it was runners are first and third. Am I right about that? It was a single, hit by pitch and single, right? Runners are first and third. If he left Wheeler in, I think there's a decent chance a run scores even if he gets out of the inning. The game is tied. By bringing in Alvarado, who's the Phillies' best strikeout pitcher when he's on, I believe Rob Thompson was trying to win a one nothing game. Saying, I don't know if my offense is going to score anymore. The Schwarber home run, that might be all we're getting. We're not getting many good swings. It hasn't been a good night offensively. It hasn't been a good three days offensively. I may only get one tonight. How do I win this game one nothing? And my better shot right now is Alvarado to get a strikeout against Alvarez. That's what I think. Is it flawed thinking? You could say it is. You could say it was. A, I certainly could say it was a mistake. But I think he managed to try to win that game one nothing because he didn't trust his offense. It's almost like in football when a, when a coach goes for it on fourth down because he didn't trust his defense. 
Like, why'd you go for that? Well, the game that, that was what the game was dictating. Well, that's, that's you saying in so many words, I don't think we can get a stop here. I got to keep my offense on the field. That's what that's the way I viewed it. It didn't work out. It's unfortunate. 215-592-9494. Robert in Washington Township. Hey, Robert. Hey, just to add on to what you were saying. Yeah, I know when uh, Javier and Vasquez were pitching, I couldn't wait for them to come out. So, of course. You know, they were pitching shutout baseball like Wheeler, and I couldn't wait for them to come out. So that kind of, you know goes along with what you're saying about them wanting Wheeler out of the game. Yep. So. Um, you know, there's so many, you know, so many moments and things in the game but, uh, that you would remember. But, you know, how you feel after the game and stuff, I think it was tempered a little bit because I saw some articles today talking about what we can do to improve. You know, I mean, it was a great run, and we had a lot of some things that happened, you know, decisions made by the other team, lucky things that happened, things to that effect. So, you know, we certainly want to get the team better. Uh, so it was kind of nice to see some of the options that we can see to improve the team, kind of looking forward as opposed to looking back. So that was kind of a, a nice little uh, reprieve from, you know, thinking about what has happened the last couple of games and getting that far. But we did get bonus baseball. I mean, how many, you know, we very rarely do you get a chance to be in, well, November, you know, obviously, uh, it's the first time for that, you know, going this deep. But how many times have we had as fans get to get to be that interested and engaged, you know, in our team this late in the season? So it's such a bonus. Oh, I mean, it's it's rare. I mean, Robert, it's it's obviously so rare around here. I mean, last time was 2009 that the season went this long. So um, it, it was awesome. And I, and I agree with you that it, even though it was disappointing, you look forward. Like, I have a lot of pride in what this team accomplished. And it is exciting, the possibilities. that They could they could be better next year if they may, if they make the right decisions. I agree, and I like that they talk about you know they, uh, obviously Segur moving and stuff. You know, uh, you know, not being signed, he might come back in a lesser deal, but kind of makes me think that they might be looking at a uh, shortstop. And I, I was telling the uh, the producer that you know one of the things I took away from this after watching it, besides all the great moments and stuff, was you know that kid Bone played a really great hot corner with a lot of pressure in the pressure packed games, and he had been maligned all season about his defense at third base, and I thought he was excellent. Well, you know what, Robert? It's amazing because you think back to how bad he was at the beginning of the season. He was really bad, and he became more than passable. Not great, not perfect at third base, but I mean, I, I, it's, most points— They were still subbing him out at the end of the game yeah. for Edmundo. At most points this season, I thought we'd be discussing how they had to get him off third base for 2023. How it was like it had to be the theme of the offseason. I don't think that's the theme anymore. My, my guess is they're going to roll it back and hope he makes another jump from where he jumped— you know, where he started the season and where he ended it to go from being, you know, he can make some good plays, not the worst player. Uh, and maybe he becomes an average third baseman. I don't know. I don't know how much better he'll, he will get, but he certainly should get, I think he's given them reason to hope they don't have to change his position. Yeah. I mean, think about how he fared in the postseason defensively and compared to the guy on the opposite end of the diamond. Right. right? I mean, Alec Bohm, I think he made that one error where, where he threw the ball and, uh, Stott dropped it, yep. trying to turn a double play. In San Diego, game one. Right, and that didn't cost him. They ended up winning. But compare that to Reese Hoskins, who had similar question marks about his defense, and he didn't answer them. There there are you know, three or four moments in this postseason right. you could point to Reese Hoskins' glove affecting the outcome of games and not in a positive way. Well, I mean, you can make the case that Alec Bowman proved more over the course of one season defensively than Reese Hoskins has improved in five years. He's the same player. I'm fascinated watching him play first base because I've never seen someone get so unbalanced when they stretch. It's almost like he's not supposed to, like he's going to break or something. Yeah, like he stretches before the ball even gets there. I mean, there was one, I think it was against the Braves. He they fell they down. threw it to first and he stretched so early. He just fell. 
He just fell over. And, like, <laughs> if he had not fallen over, he could have just picked the ball up and stepped on first and gotten the out, but instead he was stuck on his back. The weird thing is, he, in other aspects of the game, he doesn't strike me as an awful athlete. Like, he's not he's not the greatest athlete, but, he, like, he's not overweight. He's not a, a horrendous base runner. He's not very fast, but it's not like – you know what I mean? Like, he's not a bad He's not athlete. uncoordinated. No. It's – it is fat. It's just it's weird that he's not, you know, built like Billy Butler, no, or or Daniel Vogelbach, or you know, a young Matt Adams. But he just can't play like he him and Anthony Rizzo are built pretty similarly. Right. And one guy has four gold gloves, and the other guy's destined to be a DH. Yeah, it's it is interesting. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you hop aboard here on this uh, Tuesday night as we uh, you know kind of. Get our get our feelings out one more time on this team uh, and the feeling you have right now. A few days after the World Series ends, mine is of pride, more pride than frustration. Tucker still feels the frustration that they lost this World Series. We'll come back and talk about the moves that have already happened. Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, Gene Segura, who's staying, who's going. Big decisions for the Phillies here coming up over the next couple days and weeks in this offseason. That's all on the table. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. You're feeling right now more frustration or or the pride in this team. And give us your favorite moment here of the postseason run. We'll play the audio for you. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. We'll come back. Your phone calls on all that. 9 o'clock, great guest on the NFL and the Eagles on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Promo code Gilio. Look, FanDuel is all your favorite bets from the money line to points, price to player props. With live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I love the FanDuel app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. Sign up today. Promo code Gilio for your no sweat first bet. That's promo code Gilio. Make every moment more of this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. Tomorrow night, we're going to do a special kind of look ahead. Our first hot stove kind of night here on the evening show. Uh, We'll have the High Hopes guys coming on with us. Jack Fritz and James Seltzer tomorrow night. A couple other guests planned throughout the evening as well. So tomorrow night will be fun as we look ahead to the offseason to come including all these things the Phillies could do, might do, should do. Uh, but some of those, and we'll go back to the phones here in a second on your favorite moments and, and your pride versus your frustration right now. But they've already had big decisions to make. How about, the, how about just yesterday? It's amazing how fast this offseason stuck up on us. It's like, oh, the Phillies are in the World Series. Oh, they're two wins away. It's over. Oh, no, they have to make big decisions on big players immediately. So just yesterday, um, one no-brainer, one I was pretty sure the way it went, and it did, and one I actually am surprised about. So three big roster decisions yesterday that happened. Number one, the no-brainer, Phillies pick up their team option on Aaron Nola. I mean, that that one, whatever. We could think what we think about Aaron Nola as ace versus number two versus big spot. As far as one one-year deal at below market value, it was a no-brainer to bring him back, and he's part of this team next year. The second one was Gene Segura declining his option. I thought they would. I wasn't positive they would. I, th- I thought they would to free up the money. Now, they can still bring Gene Segura back. If they strike out on these shortstops, it's not crazy to think Gene Segura comes back next year on a, on a much smaller deal. But I also think we probably saw the end of Gene Segura's time with the Phillies. That This is a really good shortstop class. I think they're going to sign one of these guys. And for as much good as Gene Segura did, and he had some good moments. Obviously, the, my favorite player this postseason is hit against the Cardinals to to put them up in that game. I mean, Jeet Segura really didn't hit much uh, down the stretch of the season. I think he had a couple extra base hits in his last 100-plus plate appearances. I mean, yeah, he had – do you know Jeet Segura only had two extra base hits his last 127 plate appearances? He really just became kind of a slap hitter. Yeah, he he really wasn't an impactful bat. Yeah. And, and that – I think that happens a lot in the postseason when moments kind of overshadow the rest of, of what happens. You say the same thing about Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott was not an impactful hitter in the postseason, but he had a couple big hits, and that's kind of what we remember. You can say the same thing for Brandon Marsh. And, yeah, Gene Segura had opportunities to, to step up late in the, the postseason, and outside of that that hit in Game 5 of the World Series – Really didn't do much offensively. Yeah, and, and really this also happens to second basemen, middle infielders when they're in their mid-30s. And if you look at Gene Segura's slugging percentage, and I, and I know he was never a power hitter, but his slugging percentage has gone from, you know, the the low to mid-400s. You know, in his time with the Phillies, it was 420, 422, 436. It went to 387 this year. I mean, that that's a downward trend that is... It's a lot. Um, I would not be surprised next year if he's barely an average offensive player. That, that, that's where I think he's kind of heading to. So I think his time is here is over. Now, the Eflin one is interesting. Zach Eflin declined his part of the mutual option. If I were, if you asked me to guess, Joe, which part of the mutual option? Would the Phillies decline $15 million on Zach Eflin or would Zach Eflin de- decline $15 million to the Phillies? I would have said, 
well, the Phillies are going to decline Eflin. He doesn't stay healthy enough to be worth $15 million next season. How about Eflin saying, nah, I'm good. I'll go to free agency. That was interesting. The result's the same, isn't it? Like, I don't think there's any way the Phillies would have picked up that option. Agreed. But I wonder what he knows or what his agent is telling him that that he thinks he can get on the free agent market. Like, does he think that his run in the postseason as a reliever is going to bump up his pay value? Like, I don't think anybody is giving him $15 million annually. But would he prefer three years, $30 million? Or, or three years, $27 million? Like, is that something that he's capable of getting? He probably is. Uh, if you look at the pitching market, obviously there's some great pitchers available. Verlander, DeGrom, uh, Carlos Rodon. Like, there's some great arms out there. But once uh, once you get past the top, yeah, it's it's kind of thin. Um, like, I just I pulled up a list. This is from NBC Sports uh, Boston, okay? They, they rank the top 10 starting pitchers. You know they have at number 10? Noah Syndergaard. Okay, like that tells you the depth of starting pitching. Once you get past the top three, four, five guys, and I think they put Luis Severino on here. The Yankees picked up his option, so he's not even available. So like you could, you could, uh, a list could say that the ninth best starting pitcher available is Noah Syndergaard. That means there's uh, teams need need arms to fill innings. Zach Eflin's probably going to get something like Tucker said, three years, thirty million from somebody. And I, I think what he showed in the postseason is all right. If he doesn't work out as a starter, or we we could use him in relief better. He could get people out either way. So Eflin, if I had to guess, I think Eflin won't be back here next year. Do you know who MLB.com has listed as the eighth best starting pitcher available? Zach Eflin. No. He, he's planted right between Justin Verlander and Corey Kluber. Who? Kyle Gibson. See, so that's it. So Zach Eflin's agent read that list and said, if that bum Gibson is eighth, we're getting $30 million. And, and I will admit that they let Rick rank these based on their war over the past two seasons. Okay. Which is why Verlander's so low is because he had, had Tommy John. Right. And, and missed 2021. But it is fascinating because we've been here before, right? Like, we've been here late in the offseason before where the Phillies couldn't find a fourth or fifth starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, of the list that Tucker was reading there, there's probably four or five outstanding pitchers. And then it's just like, all right, what, like, what are we talking about? Yeah, like Rodon, Kershaw, DeGrom, Avaldi, Chris Bassett. I don't think he does anything for anybody. That feels like the cutoff. Then what? What's after Yeah, him? then like Corey Kluber, Martin Perez, Sean Manaya, who we remember. Oh, he got crushed here against the Phillies. Jose Quintana, who's 33. Jamison Tyon. Okay. Uh, Taewon Walker, Wade Miley, Zach Eflin, yeah. Rich Hill, Ross Stripling, Grinky, Michael Waka, Carlos Carrasco, Jacob Rizzi. I mean... You get down to like 15th or 20th, those are guys who shouldn't be in a major league rotation. Right, or they're fifth starters at this point. Let's go to Matt in Reading here on WIP. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, Matt. Uh, What's up, buddy? I, I think the Phillies might have picked up that option on Eflin. you got to remember, there's a shortage on starting pitchers. That's why half the teams use bullpen starts every fifth day. Well, you're right on that. It's just, I, you know, with, his, with how uncertain his health is, that's a lot of money for a guy who only might be able to give 100 innings. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to get a nice multi-deal, yeah. multi-year deal. So, I mean, for his own personal reasons, he probably made the best decision there. Um, my favorite uh, Phillies uh, moment was the bat slam, and I think it's more because it was unscripted. You could tell it was just pure emotion. Well, it was, and I was there that night, Matt. It was an incredible moment. The crowd was so fired up, and it was pure emotion. Because remember the game before, 
you know, he had that error. error uh, well, that they called him an error, but we know it was against the uh, against the Braves that led to that loss. Sure. I mean, so he, you know, that and it was kind of weighing on him, and he wasn't hitting at that point. So everyone was like, "Drop him in the order, drop him in the order," and, and Topper obviously didn't. Yeah, sure. It was definitely a redemption moment for him. Yep. Um, and you know, it was uh, my favorite part. My, I guess, my funniest part is when uh, Schwarber had that obvious third strike, and he started walking towards the dugout, and it wasn't called a strike. Oh, the other night, Matt, that was amazing. I mean. He was he was take he took two or three steps to the dugout and then he had to go back. I've never seen that before. Usually you see the opposite where a guy thinks he's walked and he starts walking to first base. Yeah, and then when they showed the replay, it was obviously a strike. It was almost dead center. So oh yeah, funny. Um, and as far as uh, pulling Zach uh, Wheeler, um, I know a lot of people are saying that's Thompson's bad moment. Blah blah blah. This that that's actually not too off of a standard move. You're in an elimination game. You're starting pitcher in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, gets two runners on, he's getting yanked. Matt, I agree with you. I, I, now, was it the right decision? Matt, I'm preaching the phone call. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I would have done the exact same thing. I, I, I think I probably would have kept Zach Wheeler in, but this is the way Rob Thompson managed, and what our last caller said, he's right. That That is way closer to standard than it is egregious. It's being talked about as if it's egregious, as if it's the craziest thing we've ever seen. Well, first of all, Rob Thompson did this the entire postseason. I mean, this is the same guy. Remember, was, wasn't Zach Wheeler throwing a one-hitter in in San Diego in game one of the NLCS? He took him out after a one-hitter after seven innings, and his pitch count wasn't even high. Like, this is what they were doing for a while. And again, let's not forget, Zach Wheeler, game two in Atlanta. I, it might have been the same exact inning. He was great. A little trouble happened, including the Reese Hoskins misplay. And then the whole inning went to hell. Same pitcher. Like, that's got to be in the back of his head. Like, when it goes with Zach Wheeler, it could go fast. And again, if someone else calls him a horse, I'm going to lose my mind. He's not a horse. He had to throw more than, like, 80-something pitches in two months. So so 70 seems really low. But in the context of what Zach Wheeler is right now, is it that low? Isn't it the same thing, 70 versus 85, 86? Isn't that the same thing as a guy that goes 105 and at 90 you get him out? Like, it's not that crazy. No, it's not that crazy. And when you consider the fact that the biggest concern about Zach Wheeler heading into that game was arm fatigue and whether or not he was going to be able to make it through four or five innings anyway, I just think it makes more sense. I just, I don't know. I I understand in hindsight, it looks ridiculous because he was pitching so well, but we would be having the complete opposite conversation if he had given up that home run to Jose Alvarez, right? Like no matter the result, Rob Thompson's in a bad situation right now. And he's in a bad situation because his team stopped hitting for three and a half games. I mean, let, I, I can't get past that. Like, I'm not going to sit here. That's why I disagree with what we played earlier from um, Paul Ambiguities on ESPN saying it's going to be like Grady Little. We'll talk about this for 20 years. No, the, the Phillies lost the World Series to the Astros because the Astros were better. The Astros had an all-time great pitching staff. And after the home run barrage in game three, they literally stopped hitting. I think nine for 98. Was that the stat? Nine for 98? Yeah, nine for ninety-eight over the last three games. I mean, you're not going to win. You're not beating anybody. I mean, I, they had the lowest batting average in the history of the World Series and the most strikeouts. I mean, you, you just you can't win like that. I mean, what we're asking the manager to be perfect. You know what? Manage through a game and don't allow the Astros to get one run. I mean, like, what are we asking here? This is not. He's not a magician. He's trying to push every right button. One went. One didn't work. And I'm I'm not going to destroy him for it. Frank is in Broomall. Hey, Frank. Hey, Joe. Yeah, so a couple of days ago, I read in the Daily News, they were listing the free agents. Yes. Frank Turner had 16 errors last year. 
He's not a defensive phenom. Uh, I wouldn't call him a phenom, but I think he's a good defensive shortstop. 16's not that many for an everyday shortstop. Jimmy Rollins. Fellow used to have like one a year. <laughs> Rollins would have like two a year. Yeah, I mean, they, get, they, they do get so many chances, though. I think, I think in the context of the league, I don't think 16 at, at shortstop every day is that much. Really? Well, you know what? I hope you're right about that because I want his bat. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. His wife, his wife's from Jer- New Jersey. He wants to move out here. Uh, he is the most expensive one, but you know what? I mean, Hoskin gives me nightmares. I mean, he lost that. Do you think he lost that game when he made that error, like the, like the number five? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, game five. That I, I, I was saying, Frank, that was the worst game I think I've ever seen a position player play in the World Series. He struck out four times, Frank, in that game, oh, including God. the bases loaded in the second inning, and he made that error. I mean, that's what, that's I pretty know. bad. Well, Joe, what are we going to do about him? I mean, we need his 30 home runs, but I can't handle his errors. It just upsets me. I so know. Much. So, so here's my idea, Frank. I, I would look to trade Reese, and I would try to sign Anthony Rizzo, the first baseman. Yeah. Four-time Gold Glove winner, World Series winner. I, I awesome. think he'd be perfect. He's a left-handed bat. He is, and and he gets he doesn't strike out much. He gets on base, doesn't strike out. Oh, I, yeah. I'd love Rizzo here. That's a good idea. Yeah, get him. You think the Yankees are they going to send 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 him a thing or what? Yeah, so they gave him the qualifying offer, which just means if the if this, anyone signs him, they get a draft pick. I'm not sure. I mean, I think they want him back, but you know, maybe the Phillies could outbid them. Maybe give him an extra year. I, I could see him here. What about the pitcher? What about Verlander? Too old to sign or? Not for me. Um, I I think he's he, Frank. He kind of reminds me of Nolan Ryan. I think he's going to keep pitching. I mean, he's he he doesn't look thirty nine to me when I watch him. Do so you think if we get Turner though, we're going to spend too much money? We won't be able to get anybody else. Yeah, it's a great question, Frank. And Frank, I preached the phone call. That that's and that's what Howard was bringing up earlier when he was in the idea that if Trey Turner is the signing. He's probably going to cost thirty million per season. So, how much more do they have in in the bank to to spend on other star ish players? Like, let's be real. Could they really get Trey Turner, Justin Verlander, and Anthony Rizzo? I doubt it. That seems like a lot. The idea I had, and I, and I threw it out yesterday. Um, Tim Anderson, shortstop for the White Sox. He's not quite on the level of these guys we talked about tonight, but he's a good hitter. Not much power, but he can hit. I mean, he hit three thirty eight in a season a couple of years ago. I like Tim Anderson. He's exciting. He's an exciting player, energetic, doesn't strike out much, puts the bat on the ball. He's kind of, like, think about Segura about five years ago. Like, 300 hitter doesn't strike out, like, a better version than what Segura is now. He plays shortstop, and I and I read yesterday one of their beat writers thinks that the White Sox will trade him this offseason. They're going to lose some bats that they have in free agency. I, trading Reese Hoskins for Tim Anderson is something I've thought about, and then signing Anthony Rizzo. But, like, the money isn't much for Anderson, so you, you have plenty of money left over. Just quickly on the um, the errors for Trey Turner. He had, he had 16, our, our caller said. I'm looking back to, at Jimmy Rollins. 14, 14, 14, 9, 12, 11, 11. Then he had a great run. 7, 6, 7, 7. But then he had 13, 11. 16 isn't Egregious. How many games did he play those years? Oh, the J-Roll years with six and seven? Uh, less than a full season. The straight um, turn played 160 games at shortstop this year. Yeah. Uh, the, I'll yeah. take one error every 10 games. It, and he gets to everything, right? Like, so is he going to bobble a couple? and make? I, I just don't think it's that. Would I rather none? Yeah. Would I rather only five? Of course. But shortstop, you, you're affecting the game a, a lot. The ball finds you a lot. He has great range. I'm not worried about Trey Turner's defense. Like that's not a worry for me. 
Me neither. I mean, uh, Javi Baez had 26 errors this year, which obviously is 10 more, but I also think he gets to more balls than any other shortstop in baseball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we know if if uh, a de facto GM or assistant GM Bryce Harper's involved, Trey Turner will be here by Christmas. I mean, that's is he from Las Vegas? He's not, but uh, Bryce Harper did say, I think it was this year, he's his favorite player to watch in baseball. I guess they did play for a brief time together, they right? They did, and when uh, Turner was young in, in Washington, so he so he knows him. Um, there's been a lot that's pointed to Trey Turner and the Phillies, right? Turner's talked about wanting to be on the East Coast. Our caller just mentioned, I'm not sure if his wife is from New Jersey or the area, but close enough. And it's felt like the Dodgers knew that he wasn't going to stay from the minute they traded for him because they got him for a year and a half. And this, these stories have been out there for a while. Like, when the Dodgers want to keep a player, they just keep a player. I'm not sure... There may be something to him wanting to be back on the East Coast, and if he does, I'm not sure the team, other than the Phillies, that's in such a dire need. I mean, the Yankees could be, but they got Aaron Judge thing to deal with. So I, I don't know where I feel like this fits. What about the Mets? Could be, but we're, but they have Lindor. Yeah, I mean, they could move Turner to sure. second or, or Lindor to to third. Yeah, they could. They're, that would certainly be an option, but. I don't know. I, I never am going to rule out Steve Cohen and the Mets. No, I mean, well, I mean, of course he has. He could. The payroll's three hundred million dollars. John's in Maple Shade. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing tonight, Joe? Good, John. What's on your mind tonight? What's going on? So, uh, talk shortstops. Uh, I, I, that caller took the words out of my mouth as far as uh, Turner costing a fortune. Um, I think that'll be a little bit too much money, in my opinion. My guy is Bogart. I like Xander Bogart from the shortstop uh, from the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and looking at, I have their numbers, looking at, uh, his numbers next to Carrera's numbers. Um, most of their numbers, man, are pretty, pretty similar, identical. Uh, I think, uh, Bogart definitely gives you some more speed. Uh, and I think he's going to hit more doubles, uh, a little bit higher, probably in average. Carrera gave you a little bit, probably a little bit more power, but, um, Bogart's hit 15 homers last year. He plays for us in this park, man. He's, I, I think he could hit, you know, mid-20s. Yeah, and the thing, John, that I think makes him interesting is Dombrowski's history with him, right? He had him in Boston, and they sure. won in Boston with him. He's a really Absolutely. good player. And I was yep. actually reading some stuff. Uh, Red Sox fans are, are already upset. Like, they love that guy. They don't want to sure. lose him, and, and they're afraid yep. he's going to leave. And one more point that I looked at their age. Now, depending on the length of the contract and the amount, more, more on, the, on the length, you know, Bogart's 30, so, I mean, he's not old. And, and, and Carrera, if I'm saying it right, Carlos, he's 28. Yep. So if you're going to sign these guys to a, a lengthy, long-term contract, then I'm not signing a 30, 30-year-old guy to an extensive, long contract. You know, if you can get them on something short, you know, um, I would be more lenient to sign the younger player. Because, like I said, their numbers, man, I got them in front of me, man, they – they are so close and identical in almost every category. I would lean towards, you know, Carrera because he's 28, and you get those few extra couple years for for your money, you know. And but, that, um, John, that matters. I mean, that that's a sure. big deal. I mean, that last, you know, when those players get to like 34, 35, it it goes down yeah. fast on the downside. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. But uh, if it's a short term deal, um, I'm all in for Xander Bogarts, no doubt. Great stuff, John. Appreciate it, man. What was your favorite yes, moment sir. of the run? But besides the Harper home run to beat the Padres, what's your favorite moment? Uh, you know what? Um, that, that's a great question, man. I know one of my one of my moments that wasn't the favorite is when uh, Wheeler was pulled. <laughs> I can tell you that. Well, much. I can, uh, John. I can imagine that. Yeah, that was frustrating. It was, it was a but, tough. The outcome was tough. 
I think when when did Reese hit that home run, run, home run when he slammed the bat down? When was that? Against the Braves, yeah. That that John, that's everyone's. Yeah. Let's let's hear it again because that that's everyone's favorite moment. Two on, one out, and the pitch swung on, did it, crushed, and the Phillies are going to lead it four to nothing. A three-run home run for Reese Hoskins. His first postseason home run. And he's sprinting around third base. What a moment here at Citizens Bank Park. Wow. The wow there by uh, by L.A. Yeah, it was a wow moment. It certainly it just was. just felt like a cathartic moment, right? Because that was the first time he had stepped up in a big situation. It felt like by the time Bryce Harper hit his home run a week later, we had kind of gotten used to those. Yeah. They had done it before. That was the first time, because I think everyone was nervous. Strider was dealing at that point. They had finally gotten to him for the first time pretty much all year. Mm-hmm. And when that ball went over the left field fence, I think everyone exhaled and said, oh, my God, they belong here. And they didn't stop. And and the best part of those series, especially early on, was when they had a chance to put a team away, it, they didn't mess around. They didn't get to deciding games. They never, you know, they, they won it in game two in St. Louis. They didn't have to go back to Atlanta for a game five, which we were all worried about. They didn't have to go back to San Diego for game six and seven. They took care of business when they had a chance to do it. And that that really made all the difference for them. Um, yeah, I mean, will the age thing come into the shortstop discussion? Of course it's going to. But I mean, it's not the one thing is they're, they're close, right? It's like one, the, the oldest guy's 30, the youngest guy's 28. They're close. When all things are equal, you want the younger player. I think Correa's probably that's why he's. If anyone has a chance at the longest deal, it's probably Carlos Correa because he's the youngest still, even though he may have entered the league the early, he because he was a high school draft pick uh, from Puerto Rico. So he picked the year before Harper or the year after? I think the year after Harper. So, but it's, it's, he's been in the league for, and he came up and he moved fast. I mean, he's been around a while. Carlos Correa came up in 2015, was drafted in 2012. Yeah. 2012 and he was as a high schooler to be up three years that that's pretty fast so he's he's had a long career already but he's only 28 years old really good player and and I think what he did this year in Minnesota kind of added to how good he is he left Houston he left the Astros he left a hitter's park and it's like all right what was he gonna do without that team well he had a great season now he didn't win but it's not his fault but he he hit he hit a lot and he stayed healthy and he I think he won a gold glove at shortstop or he's in the mix for a gold glove He, he had a great year I think he was a finalist. He won a gold glove his last year in Houston. Yeah, he's he's legit, and I think he's got good enough arm that he'll go to third base when his not. It's kind of like not as good as Manny Machado, but similar. Like he's big, and he could go to third one day and play really well third. So like Cal Ripken. Yeah, I mean, I I I think he's going to hit and play good defense wherever you put him for for a long time. So he he's certainly near the top of my list. Mike is in Exton. Hey, Mike. Joey, our last baseball call of the year. It's it's kind of sentimental. It is. It feels like we're uh, we're saying goodbye to the 2022 Phillies. Joey, I'm good, and you know I'm good. Last week we talked, and you said how how the Phillies going to do in the World Series, and I called up and I said they're inconsistent. All right, then they had a game where it was home run derby, and Joe, I swear, I swear to God, I was watching it going, this ain't good. Because it's all home runs, and you know how home runs can screw up your swing. I swear to God, that that that, that entered my mind. I was like, uh, every highlight was a home run. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about Wheeler Topper. My big statistic, and I know you guys have talked on it, but I think you should hammer it, is the six 
gains 71 strikeouts. That's why they lost the World Series, Mike. That's it. I agree. Joe, I agree. I totally agree, which leads me to my highlight of the playoffs, and it's going to be right up this alley. Remember when Stott had that at bat before the Phillies came back in, like, the big game? He, he battled off nine pitches. Yeah, and it, like... against Atlanta, against Strider, yes. Correct. That is my highlight. Well, Mike, that was probably the at-bat. Mike, I always appreciate your phone call. That was probably the at-bat of the postseason. Um, I thought it took a lot out of Strider, who, again, had not pitched in about a month because he had the oblique issue. His velocity was there to start the game. Like, it's almost like... Spencer Strider had whatever, like a, a quarter of a tank. It's like driving with a quarter of a tank. Like the car was moving fine, but that thing got out of gas very fast, very quickly in that inning. And I think we could trace it right back to the Bryce's not at bat. It was, it was, it was as good of an at bat as you, you could see in the postseason. And I think it's why, despite when you look at, and I was, with, I was with the camera yesterday. He was talking about how we may be too quick to kind of crown Bryce and Stott because he, he didn't get a hit in the World Series. I think it's because the quality of his at-bats. He doesn't strike me as a rookie. And I think you look at what he did, you know, from maybe June on, and then you throw into the postseason at-bats. I like that kid. I, I trust him to be a good player for the Phillies for a long time. I mean, is he a superstar? Probably not. Is he an all-star one day? I, maybe he maybe he gets to an all-star game one day, but he's going to be good. I like Bryce Stott. I think he's going to be a fine shortstop. Like I just think that that's where he at, he's at, and I don't think he's going to be like you know Brandon Crawford or a perennial Gold Glover or All Star. But you mentioned his at bats. I mean, he puts the ball in play. He sees pitches. He works long at bats. Yep. And you look at some of his best games of the year. He hits really good pitching. I mean, in April he was like one for sixty against all of baseball and five for six against Max Scherzer. I mean, he he doesn't shy away from big time pitchers. He does not. And in the postseason, you're going to see them. Let's grab Steve in Egg Harbor Township. Hey, Steve. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I, I wouldn't want Carlos Correa at all, man. The guy's got back problems. He's injured every stinking year. I think the guy from Chicago is the, the way to go. We need guys who put the bat on the ball. Our strikeout situation this year is what killed us the most in the playoffs at the end of the year. I mean, at the end of the World Series. And, and trading Reese Hoskins, I'm sorry. I'd give Derek Hall a shot, man. The guy hit to all fields. And that's what I like. You guys, Bryce, I mean, uh, Reese Hoskins has no idea where right field is. And that's the problem with him. He tries to pull everything. That's why he hits into so many double plays. Well, he does. And he did it a lot in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, the Correa thing's been a problem in the past. You're right, Steve. He's had back issues. Though the last couple years, he stayed, last three years, he stayed pretty healthy. 58 out of the 60 games. 148 out of the 162, and then 136 this year. So for the most part, three years in a row, he's been healthy. I don't know. 136 isn't that healthy. And about Stott, the guy's got an uppercut swing too much, man. The guy, he's trying to he's trying to loft balls, which I think is a mistake. That guy is a guy who should be also hitting to all fields. And I'm t- I'm sorry, I, I, I don't, I'm not a big believer in this Kevin Long guy because, you know, you got to get guys hitting to the opposite field and all that kind of stuff, man. Hitting the ball all over the place, especially you know with uh, the way they do this shift thing. And I'm sorry, I disagree with the uh, the shift ending. You know, that should be part of strategy. If you can't hit the ball the other way, you don't deserve the you know you don't deserve that break. I mean, that's that's playing uh, to me. Uh, that's not real baseball. You should be able to hit the ball all fields if you have to. Yeah, you know what? I generally agree that at least I used to, Stephen. I appreciate. I used to agree with that. But it's 
they have to make the game better. Like we can't be, st- I can't be stubborn and say, well, you should do it that. Well, they they don't, and they can, and it's made the game worse. So they're going to try to make the game better. I'm okay with that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll come back. All your phone calls, and let's chat. Let's talk some football here. Let's talk some Eagles. Jalen Hurts MVP. Eagles undefeated, and the run defense an issue right now. The tackling an issue. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, joins us next, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 